is big. 12 minutes past 11 o'clock. Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, and I'd like to welcome back on the program for this week's Chinwag, the one and the only Sadia Osmani. Sadia, great to have you back, and thank you so much for sitting in on Friday as well. How are you doing? I always love sitting in, no problem, and I'm always there for you, Noreen, if you need me. Lovely to be back. Yes, it's great to see you. You're looking well. Thank you. Yes, thank you. The weather has changed, so that makes a big difference. No humidity, so no (laughs) makeup streaming down my face or anything i was gonna say you and the weather it's because it's because you're so used to like the british sort of a uh, cool and and the summer here is really yeah okay i i, I take that point because um i was wearing my face mask a couple of weeks ago and it was 34 degrees yeah. and as i took off it, i had it beads soaking. of sweat it was soaking i know let's not go there man <laughs> let's just not go there so what have you got for our listeners okay, today very interesting one really and it's funny because ever since i've seen this information i've seen it again i just picked up a book recently and uh, they were talking about it basically it's about a harvard study that was done it's a it's a really long study it started in 1938 um and it was tracking like about 268 harvard sophomores during the great depression and it was really just looking into you know what makes us healthy and happy and it is actually one of the people may have heard of this already anyway it is one of the longest studies on of adult life Um, and they basically collected a whole cornucopia of data on physical and mental health and from that study in 2017 only 19 people are still alive and they're all in their 90s women weren't in the original study because it was college it was a college that was purely for males oh. and and yeah and scientists eventually expanded their research to include the men's offspring who now number 1300 and they're in their 50s and 60s and um you know what it's about was it was looking into you know exactly what makes us kind of happy what leads to a happier and better life um and what it really came down to was that relationships form a huge powerful sort of influence on our health Um, and you know it was a Robert Waldinger he's the director of the study he's a psychiatrist of Massachusetts General Hospital and professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and he said uh, taking care of your body is without doubt important but tending to your relationships is a form of self-care too that and and they think that's clearly a revelation in terms of what they found out there's a close relationship nor more than money or fame are what kept people happy throughout their lives um, those ties protect people's life from discontent and they help delay mental and physical decline and are better predictors of long and happy lives than social class IQ or even genes really oh yeah. wow it's quite uh, it's quite amazing and but you know i can understand it yeah. i can i can relationships see, definitely absolutely yeah. you know it said researchers found a strong correlation between men's flourishing lives and their relationships with families friends and community so this isn't just about obviously your personal relationships with your spouse and stuff are important but this is also about general relationships that you have with family friends and community now i'd say that you know I come and have a good chinwag with you and we're good friends as well. And um, But, you know, you can see where 
it's so important to have somebody to talk to at the end of the day, you know, that that can kind of pull you out of this sort of rut. It said several studies found that people's level of satisfaction with their relationship at age 50 was a better predictor of physical health than their cholesterol levels were. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> It's quite. It's, it's, it's quite, quite profound. I yeah. know. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, if you, if yeah, if you don't have any good friends in your life and you don't have anybody to talk to, everything gets bottled inside. Yeah. So I can imagine it would have some sort of detrimental yeah, uh, effects yeah, yeah. On, on mental health, and that might manifest itself in, in the physical health as well. And it said people who were the most satisfied in their relationships at age fifty were the healthiest at age eighty. And research has also found that marital satisfaction has a protective effect on people's mental health. Part of the study found that people who had a happy marriage in their 80s reported that their moods didn't suffer even on the days when they had more physical pain. And, and it said that those who had unhappy marriages felt both more emotional and physical pain. Um, and those who kept warm relationships got to live longer and happier. And the loners often died earlier because loneliness sometimes kills. It's, a powerful, it's as powerful as smoking or alcoholism. And it said that According to the study, those who lived longer and not enjoyed sound health avoided smoking and alcohol in excess. Research also found that those with strong social support experienced less mental deterioration as they age. And they said even if, like, for instance, in marital conflicts, like if you were kind of bickering with your um, partner, they said you don't necessarily have to have a smooth time all the time. And said, But as long as they felt that they could really count on the other when the going got tough and those arguments then didn't really take their toll on their memories and stuff so so having arguments with your spouse etc is is okay you know that happens but then at the end of the day when you go through a different patch then you know that your partner is there to support you so it's that kind of um i suppose that peace that you get from your partner Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you go through tough times and you can go home and you can talk to your, your, your spouse or your partner, it makes such a big difference just mm. to have somebody to offer a different opinion mm. and just to, you know, <laughs> give you a hug. And also, I suppose, you know, those close relationships like with family and things like that, those are there. But also, you know, this whole thing about how sort of active maybe you are in the community, that if you're involved in groups like, you know, you go out, you play sports, you do things, you're with other people and you form friends in those in those groups and things. So that sort of community support. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is absolutely true that if you have that, I suppose now whether or not things like social media make a difference where you still have, you can still obviously keep those links alive. And I think it is, it's funny because, you know, I was in the UK um, last week, uh, week before last, and um, and you know I met because I was at a funeral and I met some people that I hadn't seen for like you know ten years, fifteen years, thirty years, Whoa. and and yet I had still had a little bit of a link with them through social media, and so when we got together, it was like we hadn't see- we just had not left 
to that place where we were before. So it was so nice just to know that actually there are people out there and that you can make those links. And, and you know, especially if, for instance, people have got certain issues, you know, in terms of their mental health, it's so important just to make people aware. And we've talked about this before, haven't exactly, we? Exactly, yeah. You know, but it's supposed to be quite an interesting, I mean, the study is very well known. It's the Harvard study, and as I said, it started in 1938. But I picked up a book yesterday, and it's a really interesting book that a friend of mine who wrote this, actually, she's a barrister in London, and um, she wrote this, and it's a letter, it's called A Letter to Men and Women, A Love Letter to Men and Women. And the, in the first two pages of the book, when I started to read it, um, the one, the thing that she referred to was this particular Harvard study, and to say that, you know, really relationships and she deals with you know court cases all the time of divorce and things like that and and she was just describing that you know the number of cases that she has dealt with where people forget you know when they did get together with that partner and what a great relationship they had and then it becomes this horrible sort of uh, you one-upmanship know, to yeah, try and hurt each other yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and it was very interesting because it goes back to kind of this whole concept again about you know how we form these relationships and and it doesn't matter what background you have but I think it's all it's there and it's something that we probably need to be aware of so so maybe you know if you're sitting there at the moment and thinking you know I haven't talked to my sister or I haven't talked to my friend then you know get out there talk to them and um, because it does make a huge difference and certainly with your own spouse and things like that that they're there for you yeah well said Sadia yes and and you're absolutely right and and having good relationships with with everybody really makes such a big difference I mean we're not with our spouse right now but having good relationships with your friends with your colleagues and making those relationships flourish is mm. also important as well yes mm. so let's do lunch one of these days <laughs> now now we're not doing the one two three show we, we can go out for lunch and and to cultivate a friendship because that's one thing that I, I did mention to, to, to my partner Andy I was like it's so nice to be able to go out with the colleagues and to go out for lunch and he's like yeah because you know you miss out on a lot of the social aspects and I think of, a lot of, of that's been lost recently I think of you course, know we've gone through pandemic. such a unique sort of last three years uh, that um, I think we've kind of fallen out of the habit of doing it so easily. We think twice about it now, don't we? Because we think, oh, is it okay? Is it safe right now? Can we do this? Um, so I think that's something that we almost need to wean ourselves back to, yeah. that concept of just going out, having lunch and sitting there. And, and you know, things are, things are getting better certainly now um, in Hong Kong as well. And obviously things are open in other places. Um, but I think people are still finding it a little bit hard to get back to their original. I don't know whether it will ever get back to that original thing that we had like three years ago or whatever. Yeah, because a new a normal. Undergoing kind of fear about these things. That's the thing that undergo the, the, the fear underlying of fear, the underlying fear. Right. Yeah, right. Well, let's have another chinwag next Monday. Thank you so much, Sadia, Thank and you. I look forward to more chats with you next time.